Hey, welcome if you're an old soul. Oh, that was so peaking. Let's try it again. <laughs> Less peaking. Hey, welcome if you're an old soul. My, my last time I said it, it was too peaking. Like, it was all distorted, so then I, I backed up like singers with big voices do, you know? <laughs> like, Christina Aguilera goes like, ha! She always like backs up her head. And I always see them do it, so I always wanted to do that. It was yeah. like, ha! You know, this is the Sonic experience. Yeah, I like that you were trying to do Christina Aguilera, but it came out as Pee Wee Herman. I can't what, do it. But... but what if that is my Christina Aguilera? <laughs> Maybe Pee Wee Herman this whole time was trying to do Christina Aguilera. Some some dates are mixed up there, but that would be I. <laughs> now, okay. First of all, let me just say, Christina Aguilera, you are an incredible singer, and you sang at Etta James's funeral, and I always was happy and respected that because we love Etta James in this podcast. Um. But you guys do kind of sound. No, you don't. No, you don't. But this is my Pee Wee. <laughs> this is my Christina Aguilera. <laughs> like, I, I, is it different? <laughs> I think it's different. Is it not different? I thought it was different. It's just a, a, a volume difference, I would say. Pee Wee is like gentle Christina. <laughs> mm. Again, I can't do it, but. R.I.P. Paul Rubens. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Speedy, our old phrase of the day is uh, bitty bitty bum oh bitty bitty bum yes bitty bitty bum a uh, bitty bum i don't really know what it means but do you know why i'm using it i i do not know why you're using it but well, actually wait maybe i could make a guess is it okay an elton john lyric that i have forgotten oh that's a good guess no he yes we're gonna get to his egot but no it's because uh, one of my favorite directors, Norman Jewison, passed away uh, in the past week or so, and he directed Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, my gosh. And I think it's very fun to Google the lyrics of If I Were a Rich Man and then just read them <laughs> verbatim without any Jewish or Russian inflection at all. I certainly hope that you're going to treat the people with a performance If I were a rich man... <laughs> Yabba dibba 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 dum all day long I'd bitty bitty bum. Oh my gosh. I wish that I could bitty bitty bum all day long. But due if to my I lack of money I cannot <laughs> I wouldn't have to work hard. Yabba dibba 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 dum. Thank you. Yabba dabba do. Yes. Yeah, but dabba do. It is quite close uh, phonetically. I Wikipedia claims that that has to do with Jewish prayer. Um, we do say bitty bitty bum or bim bum, bim bim bum in Judaism all the time, and I never knew what they meant. I thought they were just for emphasis. If you're an old soul at gmail.com, if you'd like to Jew explain to me. Um, <laughs> there's also the Selena song, Bitty Bitty Bum Bum, which I always found confusing for me. Um, but are you. Are you a fiddler on the roof person, S. Molly Dominic? I am indeed. And in fact, back in my youth, I played Hoddle in a local production. Wow. They put you in Fiddler? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Time to cancel you. Not Jewish lady. I know. In Fiddler. This is worse <laughs> than when Rosie did it. Unbel- <laughs> which, which, of the, which of the daughters is Hoddle? Is that the one who gets married? Yeah, she's the one who, who goes away to Siberia. Oh my god. That was a me. I fell in love. When I'm with my love, I'm home. Goodbye, papa. That was me. <laughs> so wait, did, did you ever say bitty bitty bum bum? 
Unfortunately, no, you would sing Matchmaker, Matchmaker. I did sing Matchmaker, Matchmaker. Oh, yes. Yes, do I it. did. Do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Do it now. Do it if now. only I could do it like Christina Aguilera, then perhaps I'd do it. Do it. Matchmaker, Matchmaker. 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 Um, anyway, before <laughs> we get to uh, Norm Jewison, who directed Fiddler and Moonstruck and In the Heat of the Night, um, Speedy, I don't know what we're allowed to talk about. Uh, you... You have a new job, which is... I'm not going to blame you for why we haven't had a podcast in a while. <laughs> I did have the flu and lost my voice for a couple of weeks, which happens. Because of my various neck surgeries, I lose my voice easily. So that's partially on me. Um, and then there were a couple of weeks where I filled into anchor at work because of various national holidays. But you also do have a new job. Yes. And we were letting you get acclimated. Where do you work? What I are you know. working on? Oh, thanks, Danny. Thanks, thanks, thanks. I now work on the show After Midnight. Uh, for Whoa, CBS. the talk of the town! Whoa! Replacing the James Corden slot in late night. Oh my gosh! So, you know, it's a good time. And um, my job is to assist the host, which is very fun. It's my first time being up close and personal with the talent. Um, and it's very good. She's very nice. That's my report. She's the nicest person that has ever lived. Thank you. What's her name? <laughs> You're right. I, I neglected to mention that. Stand-up comedian Taylor Tomlinson. <laughs> and she's nice. She's very nice. I really, not that I would say anything bad about her, but I actually couldn't even if I wanted to because there's nothing bad to say. She's a gem. Keep in mind, everybody, Speedy can't lie. She's incapable. It's true. Danny has she... tried to make me lie. I cannot. She can't do it. She can't do it. She gets too stressed. <laughs> so this is interesting. If I work at ABC. And I work at and, CBS. Uh-huh. Is this podcast now a conflict of interest? Are we, because we work for different networks, are we supposed to hate each other? Is that the conflict of interest? At least not work together. What if we divulge secrets? Technically speaking, hmm. my newscast starts at 2 a.m. Your show is from 12.30 to 1.30. We're pretty close to each other. That's true. Hmm. Well, it was a good run. <laughs> I hope you learned something, you, the audience. If you're an old soul at gmail.com, if you think we can no longer work together, <laughs> if you think we can't make it work. Yeah. If you could please um, weigh in on our professional relationship, that would be great. Thank you. Yes, please let us know how we feel about each other. Thank you. <laughs> That'll be all. So, Speedy, I don't want to put you on the spot and make you talk about your job. Um, but a lot of interest is going into that show. What has the first couple weeks? First week? First week? Second week? Uh, we've had two weeks of shows now. Yes. And on the... Um, Strike Force 5 podcast, which had the five white male late night hosts on it, they all seemed uh, to agree in unison that doing late night is incredibly stressful, while millions of people listened and went, I would love to be that stressed and have the most coveted of jobs in television. So uh, <laughs> would you say it can get pretty stressful in and around showtime, like they said on the podcast? Hmm. Yeah, I would say that it also really depends on your role. Um, so 
the researchers have to be there at like seven in the morning to come up with a packet of all the, the stuff that's going on that can inspire the writing. And then the writing has to be done by like noon so that we can all read the script and see if we're good. So the writers and the researchers, how, how stressful is that every single morning on that kind of a schedule? But then after they're done with that, then they can mostly breathe a sigh of relief. And if you're production crew, you're hanging out most of the day, but then once we get to the stage and we're in rehearsals and doing stuff like that, then all of a sudden, whoa, we have so much stuff to do. So everybody has pockets of being extremely busy. Um, but I have to say, you know, because we're following the same format, essentially, every single day, you know, we're never going to be totally reinventing the wheel. So I don't expect us to get extremely stressed out maybe if the show evolves we'll we'll find ways to make ourselves more stressed but it's it's been a surprisingly smooth first two weeks is what i'll say i thought it would be more crazy you hear that taylor speed needs to go on more runs we gotta send her to do more stuff get more hollywood on her (laughs) that's true i uh yeah, I hope that answered your question, Danny. Did that satisfy? That did answer my question. Yeah, did it quench your so, thirst? Well, this is a problem because uh, until Jon Stewart announced that he was coming back to The Daily Show a couple days ago, uh, that show was definitely the most intriguing thing in television. Is everyone being like, oh, this new show is so exciting. Um, and we have a podcast together and I want to ask you questions about it because I want to know about it, but I don't want to. Uh, get you in trouble in your first couple weeks so you answered as diligently as i hoped you would because i don't want to get you in trouble (laughs) thank you danny and uh if anyone could weigh in if they think that i broke the law just now i would appreciate some legal (laughs) advice from our audience thank you and again taylor tomlinson is nice yes and as danny says i cannot tell a lie and i would not tell a lie She's the nicest person that's ever lived. So, I'm so uninteresting when I, someone brings up a celebrity because it's the only question I ever have. Like our uh, makeup artists at work have done the makeup of like every politician and famous person that comes on like GMA or into our studio for like a news interview. Like they've, like they've had President or former President Trump in. And they've had Nikki Haley in. They've had all these candidates in. And they all like bring it up, and I'll be like, "Are they nice?" <laughs> Is he nice? (laughs) Are they nice? (laughs) That's all I care about. Yeah, but you know what? I do think that's a good question because when somebody gets so famous, you just assume that they, I don't know, somehow lose a bit of being a person. But so you want to know, are they they still in there? Johnny boy, is is he still a real person in there? Is he nice? You know, I think that's a fair question. A-list celebrities that you have worked with that I've always wanted you to talk about how not nice they are, but I've never made you do it. But boy, have I wanted to. <laughs> Ooh, you hear that, people? There's things I'm not talking about. Oh, a certain person had a certain picture go viral recently, and I really wanted to make you talk about this person, but I didn't do it. Ooh, my lips are zipped. I'm so sorry, Daniel. And the greater you know podcast community. Do you know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, okay. I do. Yeah, she <laughs> okay. Anyway, since I just said I didn't want to get Speedy in trouble, then Bromley brought something else up <laughs> that could get her in trouble. Hmm. Let's, um, I mentioned Norm Jewison, 
Okay, do you think we should talk about the Oscars real quick or get to our Kane Tanaka RIP corner? <gasps> oh, well, once you bring up Kane Tanaka, I instantly get excited. Maybe okay, we should so we'll start get to the with Oscars that. later. Okay. Because yeah. um, this podcast, you know, where uh, it's two no longer as young people honoring the past that they grew up loving, um, for both older people and younger people who like that stuff to also appreciate, um, our podcast a lot of the times just becomes an obituary. Because a lot of people we like are older. But we don't want it to be just that. So I thought I would at least name the portion of our podcast that inevitably will always have somebody who just passed away. So we can honor them properly because that means something to us. And the first person we ever honor on this podcast and have always tried to honor is Kane Tanaka. Who uh, was a brilliant Japanese woman who sadly passed away in the last year or so. But she was the oldest living person for a long time. I think she was like 118 or 19. And we always, every single show, in the early stages of this podcast, because now we've been like two and a half years. Um, wow. Yeah, something like that. I was in Tampa when we started this. Then I went to Denver. Now I'm in New York. Um, <laughs> we always honored her, every podcast, just for being the oldest living person. So now we're going to end this, this segment after her. I don't know if I like Kane Tanaka, RIP Corner. Her name definitely has to be in it. But if you're an old soul at gmail.com, if you... Um, have a better name that we could use Kane Tanaka's name in to have a corner that honors people who have recently passed away, right? Because, I don't know, R.A.P. corner is kind of lame, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we could go for some alliteration. It could be the yeah. Kane corner. It could be Tanaka time. Tanaka no, no. time. <laughs> it's Tanaka time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about dead people. Nice. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to get like combined Tanaka and obituary. <laughs> Tanaka, no. Tanaka, no. Obituary, obituary. Tanaka, if you will. <laughs> um. Anyway, there are two people I want to talk about. First is Norm Jewison, who is the namesake of our podcast, kind of. Uh, he's a director who never won Best Director, but his movie In the Heat of the Night won Best Picture because it was, uh. The movie that famously beat The Graduate for Best Picture. I'm not just going to get into Oscar history, but um, it gave Sidney Poitier his most iconic scene, which is when he slapped a dude back in the face, and it was a black man slapping a white man, and it ruled. Um, <laughs> which I believe Sidney always claimed that he put in the script, which is cool. Um, he also oh, I didn't know that. Made. Oh. Yeah, that's the story. That Sidney says that he was like, I'm going to slap this man back, and they were like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you should do that, Sydney, which was a big deal at the time. Um, yeah. And then he made Moonstruck, which is like me, one of me and my wife's favorite movies. My, I just said wives. My wife's my favorite wife's. movie. I don't have more than one. Me and all my wives always get together and watch Moonstruck, a movie with a lot of cheating in it. Um, and he, di- he directed Fiddler on the Roof, which is like this iconic Jewish musical that he made in the early 70s. But the thing about it, Speedster. Daniel. Do you think... Norm Jewison, J-E-W-I-S-O-N, director of Fiddler on the Roof. Do you think he's Jewish? Oh, no. Because you're asking me? (laughs) I guess not. I'm going to say no. He's not Jewish. He's not Jewish. And everyone thinks he is. He just directed the most famous Jewish musical. Wow. And his last name is Jewison. Oh, my gosh. And he was not Jewish. Do you think that he just decided to lean into it? People kept assuming he was Jewish from the name, and he's like, all right. I'll Fine. Just... Well, yeah. 
I have his autobiography next to me. It's called This Terrible Business Has Been Good to Me. Fun fact, I bought it for $8 about a year and a half ago, and I just checked on Amazon, and now it's going for 80 Huh? You're a businessman. Uh, uh, I'm not selling it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll die before I sell this book. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love him, but uh, the first chapter of the book is called Growing Up Jewish. Oh, wow. So, so he see, jokes see, about it. Yeah, he really... I guess this he is knows. a lifelong thing for him. Yes, the first line of his autobiography, I'm trying to find it, is, uh, for as long as I could remember, I've always wanted to be a Jew. Oh. So. That's rather sweet, actually. That, <laughs> I wanted to read you the story of how he got Fiddler on the Roof, because it involves uh, executives not being as astute as you, Speedy. This is from his book. Uh, this terrible business has been good to me. This is the story of how a non-Jewish person got to direct Fiddler because Hollywood executives heard his last name and had some ideas. That's so funny. Are you ready to be read to? Yes, Danny. Please I'm know, hold the book dear audience, that I'm, I'm sitting crisscross applesauce on, on the floor. <laughs> oh, yes, and Danny has the book over his shoulder. So you can read the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I read each page, I'm going to do that thing where they go, like... Um, like they they kind of change their tone at the end of the page to see like what's in the next page. So they'll go like, and then he cried, and then you show the book, you show it left to right to the class, and then you slowly turn the page, not quickly, you know, slowly. So it's like the little boy who was a dog. And then you keep reading. <laughs> wow, okay. that was so soothing. That really, I feel I'm being taken care of. Everyone has a little kid. Oh, I, I, I typically go to classrooms every um, Good Across America Day. And I, mm. I read, and uh, it's never Dr. Seuss. It's always like, the boy became a marshmallow. <laughs> um, okay, this is the story of how Norm Jewison got to direct Fiddler. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got called into some big wig executives' offices. I think it was at the United Artists Building in New York. Uh, this is the executives talking to him. Quote, we don't have all the rights yet, but we expect to get them and wanted to know where you stood. What would you say if we asked you to direct Fiddler on the Roof? And then this is Norman's writing. I could hardly breathe. Fiddler was a smash hit on Broadway. It was big. I had seen it at the first week it opened. Hal Prince found a cushion for me to sit on in the aisle because no one could get a seat. Zero Mostel was extraordinary. The director was genius. I wept through a, most of the second act. The first questions that sprang to my mind were, why me? Why not Jerry Robbins, Hal Prince, Blake Edwards? My heart started to pound. Oh my God, they think I'm Jewish. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Skipping, skipping, skipping. In the end, I decided to tell the truth. Quote, what would you say if I told you I'm a goy? Which is uh, Yiddish. A goy. Not Jewish person. Mm-hmm. You ever hear it? That's why. I had turned and was looking it right in their eyes, at the shock on their faces. Bob Benjamin's jaw dropped. Bill Bernstein looked like he was going to faint. Arnold Picker shot a look of concern at David Picker. Arthur Krim recovered first, and to his credit, he folded his hands and said with a smile, We don't want a 7th Avenue Yiddish production. We want the film to play everywhere in the world, regardless of religion. End quote. He was good. That's how a Methodist Anglican was entrusted with bringing Shalom Aleichem's classic stories to the screen. (laughs) Wow. 
And then he became a dog. And, and then he became a dog. <laughs> the <laughs> end. Yay! <laughs> can I can I read one other excerpt? Yes. Yeah, like you're gonna say no. Uh, <laughs> please, no one else will. I, I I did do the obituary at work. I demanded. I was like, please, 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 please. Um, but I didn't get to read this on air, and I love this story. It's like three sentences, but I think it's very funny. Because mm. he did Moonstruck. The Italian movie from 1987 that Cher won her Oscar for. Mm-hmm. And uh, the preface of this book is written by the guy who wrote that movie, uh, John Patrick Shanley, who's not Italian. He is Irish. Oh. But um, this is him talking to Norm about doing the movie. It has to do with Cher and how they got Cher. Uh, all right, he said. Let's read it. And we read the whole script, acting on all the parts. Made some changes. But Norm wouldn't change anything unless I agreed. This is never being written. This is in the perspective of the guy who wrote Moonstruck and who Norm directed and produced that movie. Uh, he wouldn't change anything unless I agreed. He went to share. Would she do it? She warned him. Quote, I can be difficult to work with. <laughs> End quote. That's what Cher said. Norman said, quote, I've worked with some difficult people. Are you more difficult than Judy Garland? <laughs> Cher signed on. <laughs> just a just a great that's just great humor share signed on that's hysterical yeah the way that Thanks. he's writing is so delightful that interaction Thank you. him describing Thank you. all the executives shocked their jaws going slack incredible <laughs> not jewish just named jewison and directed fiddler <laughs> Uh, if you're an old soul at gmail.com, if you'd like to buy this book from me for 81, you know what? $79, $79. So it's a better deal than Amazon. You're welcome. Well, are you sure you want to put that offer out into the world, Danny? Didn't you moments ago say you'd die before you sell this book? I know, but then I realized how good it was when I read it to you. <laughs> Gotta share it with Got the people. Got some great stories. Um, okay. Do you have any other Norm Jewison thoughts? Uh, no, just that you're making me really want to uh, read this book, first of all, and, and experience this man a bit more, because what a delight. And uh, you showed me Moonstruck, uh, you and Tina did, and I greatly enjoyed it. I think that I Wait, need a Wait, what? Look- yeah. We watched Moonstruck together? Yeah, we did. Wait, I think to- Tina. Yeah, we did. She just said, yeah, we did. Okay. Uh, I had no recollection of us watching Moonstruck. Did you like it? I did like it. I did. Oh, good. Oh. It made me feel like I learned something about Tina, too, because Tina loves it so much. I said, ah, now I understand your wife. (laughs) I can't believe I didn't know we watched that together. Oh, wow. Uh, Well... In the Heat of the Night is his only Best Picture winner, and that movie rocks. Uh, Sidney Poitier didn't win. He lost to his co-star, Rod Steiger, which, to me, I'm still mad about. Yeah, that's um, absurd. That It was absurd at the time. I think my dad always told me it was because it was a makeup Oscar for the year before for Rod Steiger. But mm. if you don't soul at gmail.com, if you have thoughts in the 1967 Oscar Best Actor race, thank you. Okay. Let's also talk about somebody else who passed away, Melanie who, to me, 
sang one song in my head. Now I know I'm wrong. Um, but Speedy, let's see if you know the song. Do you know the song Brand New Key? Ooh, not by name. I don't think okay. I know this. Here we go. Wait, I, I should play it for you. Wait, what are the chords? I'll play it. I have my banjo next. Let's see. Brand new wow. key chords. What a fun episode. You're reading to me. You're playing banjo for me. <laughs> I'm just coddling you. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't potted in a while. Don't worry. I'll perform for okay. you. Let's see. I got my banjo. <laughs> okay. I looked it up. Okay. This is the chorus to the song Brand New Key. Let's do a, uh, let's do like a, um, a, uh, I don't know why I made that sound. That was gross. My thinking <laughs> sound. Um, let's do like a buzzer, like a, what's that show called? The Voice. Like hit the buzzer, turn around when you're ready to tell me like, I know this song. Oh, sure. Okay. I, I can swivel my head as if it's a, a swivel chair. Yes. Turn around, do a visual gag. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I said buzzer, and you said, no, let me do something silent. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay. Yeah, Also, if you're an old soul at gmail.com, if you want to tell us the exact moment you realize you knew the song, Brand New Key. Or if you already knew the song, and you're like, Danny, everyone knows that song. Here we go. I'm going to sing it in falsetta, because I think that's what it deserves. <laughs> or, yeah. Oh. <laughs> do you know it yet? <laughs> Ding, ding, ding. Of course. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. I got a... <laughs> Do you have it yet? I'm assuming the next words will be brand new key, but oh. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I got, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> I got a brand new key. I got a brand new key. No. Okay. I got a brand new... Bear... Of <laughs> roller skate? Oh, wait! Head swivel, ding, ding, ding! I recognize you got it. it. You I recognize got it. it. I know it. I've heard this, Danny. Oh, I'm peeking the microphone like crazy with my excitement. No, it's cool. It's cool. No, it's cool. It's cool. It'll be worth it. I've got a brand new pair okay. of roller skates. You got a brand new key. I think that we should get together and try them out, you see. <laughs> yeah, that's... Wow. I've been looking around a while. You got something for me. Oh, <laughs> I got a brand new pair of roller skates. You got a brand new key. <gasps> that was beautiful, Daniel. Thank you. Somewhere Thank you. Tiny Tim is shedding a tear. <laughs> our guy um but yeah melanie that's like her her big song and it kind of made me want to rank the top five songs where people know the song but not the name yeah because i think brand new key is a good one everyone's like what's that song and then you're like brand new roller skates like oh yes 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 yeah you were so right it didn't even take you the first phrase and instantly oh of course that song <laughs> oh <laughs> Um, so here, here's my uh, here's my my list, and if you're an old soul at gmail.com, if you have another submission, but this is just one I made off the top of my head. Besides a brand new key, okay. Number five song that everyone knows but not the name of it, uh, "Tub Thumping." Tub Thumping, by Chumbawamba. 
Oh my goodness. Okay. Which goes, you got it? Go, go, do it, do it. Oh, oh no, I can't do it, but it's making me realize do it, do it. Chumbawamba is. Yes. No yes. one ever can talk yes. about Chumbawamba, but we all know Chumbawamba. Wait, I can't is, sing it, Daniel. You're going to have to. You oh, have okay. to. They didn't get can- they're not canceled, right? I don't think so. Are they canceled? Okay. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. I get knocked down. That song's called Tub Thumping. Who would have thunk? Who would have tub, tub thunk it? Tub thunk it. Not you. Okay. Um, number four, Unchained Melody. Mm. Which we've talked about on this podcast. Yes, yes, yes. We watch Moonstruck together, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Um, you, you know, Unchained Melody. It's the song from, from Ghost, you know, Righteous Brothers, you know. <gasps> Okay, a lot of false set on this podcast. I didn't, okay, for the record, I didn't want this episode to become Danny covers things, but how else? Am I, I can't. How I, you know? I want you to know the song. You know, it's like oh, my love. You know that one, <laughs> my darling. I've hungered for your touch. <laughs> do you know that one? I do know that one. And I really feel that when TV shows and films get into legal issues with using a song, this should right. be how they fix the problem. You know, Cover, have covers. It, yeah, have someone come in and falsetto, improvise some falsetto. Yeah. This is all fair use, just so you know. This is all in the name of journalism. <laughs> I am covering the song. No. And you can't prove that it wasn't a parody, since I'm assuming I've gotten all the lyrics wrong. <laughs> yeah, and we're um, discussing the content of the song. Yes, this is, yes, Unchained Melody died. <laughs> um. Okay, number three, Careless Whisper, a song you and I have history with. Oh yes. Because and this the, one I can oh, sing with you. <laughs> Try suing me for that. <laughs> I'm never gonna get it. Get it. It's funny doing uh, okay. this with the delay of the phone call, too, because I think we're in sync, oh, yeah. and then absolutely not. not. And then when I edit the podcast, I'm like, do I make us in sync, or do I just honor that we were on a delay? Because <laughs> I could edit it and make us in sync, but that kind of ruins the fun for me anyway. Right. Um, okay, quickly, number two and one, because just as I always uh, have to deal with, we go way too heavy in the beginning, catching up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> number two is Baba O'Reilly by The Who, because everyone thinks it's Teenage Wasteland. Oh. Interesting, interesting. It's probably interesting for the people to hear me just take in this information and go, ah, interesting, interesting. Do you, do you know the song? <laughs> <laughs> this is, again, where I think I do. And I think the second I hear it, I'll go, of course. That's what always happens to me with The Who, to be honest with you. Mm, the Who? Mm-hmm. The Who? The Who? The Who? Horton hears a Who? Ooh. Number one, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Oh, I'm shocked that people wouldn't know this one. Well, they probably do. Okay, listen, I didn't ask people. It's just, you know, it's a song where it's like 
you know the name of the song isn't in the, isn't in the song this so is like very that true. Many people don't don't know that like uh yeah yeah what's a better it's title for bohemian rhapsody is it uh i'm just a poor boy uh uh galileo galileo <laughs> I like that'd that. be a good one yeah um i wanted also just for the record uh, melanie has lots of really good songs she also has like an iconic performance at woodstock who's one of two solo women performed by themselves was after joan bias and she like kicked butt at woodstock awesome please listen to it i know you would love her and anyway <laughs> she has this really really good video where she sang a song with miley cyrus about 10 years ago called look what they've done to my song ma it rocks but anyway i want to read you this <laughs> Uh, article from the new york times in her obituary about how she came up with the song brand new key because i think it's interesting i'm gonna read you the first sentence and then i'll see what you think if you think i should keep reading to people all day <laughs> here's the first sentence in this little blurb about how she came up with that song because it's kind of a weird song like new pair of roller skates what are you talking about um melanie's biggest hit brand new key and again this is from the new york times might not have happened without an impromptu stop at a mcdonald's oh Please keep reading, Danny. You can't just leave me hanging like this. <laughs> and then she became <laughs> a dog. <laughs> the Yay! <laughs> I like the part with the dog, Danny. <laughs> More dog! More dog! Um, okay, this is like, I'm assuming in the early 70s. A vegetarian at the time, Miss Melanie had just been through a cleansing fast in which she consumed nothing but distilled water for 27 days oh she said in 2021 in an interview with the newspaper the tennessee in nashville where she was living at the time she was so weakened by hunger that she was almost hallucinating and a doctor recommended that she eat meat to build strength one day on a trip to a flea market with her husband peter shakrick <laughs> she found herself unable to resist the lure of the golden arches Quote, no sooner than had I finished the last bite of burger, she told the newspaper, I wrote Brand New Key. It just came into my head. I had one of those little practice guitars in the van with me. And when my husband, who was a record producer, heard me singing, he said, what's that? And I said, oh, some silly song. I'm just playing around. He said, no, no, do that part again. And I did. And he said, Melanie, that's a hit. Wow. I have so, what's so the many moral questions. Story? <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's the moral here? Water and McDonald's if you want to hit. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if you don't have, if you need a spark of creative genius, you can starve yourself and you will achieve. If you go to McDonald's. Yes. <laughs> get Le Big Mac. <laughs> wow. Wait, did it say why she was only drinking distilled water? I think this is... My major question. Was this she a She was on a cleansing fast. She was on a cleansing fast, okay? <laughs> you weren't in the 70s, okay? Things were different. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Hopefully that doesn't become like a TikTok trend of drink water for 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> sponsored by McDonald's. Yeah, sponsored by McDonald's. You'll see. You'll come back to us. You'll see. <laughs> You'll come. Yeah, after 30 days of water, McDonald's is going to seem great. <laughs> yeah, you earned it. You can finally eat McDonald's, and then you'll think of roller skates. Wow. I don't know. Um, 
R.I.P. Melanie, R.I.P. Norm Jewison. We should get to the Oscars, but it's been by the time this comes out, it'll be like a week and a day since the Oscars. I feel like there was a big storm at first, lots of thoughts. It seems like all we care about are snubs every year with the Oscars. You don't want to just be excited right. about the people who did get nominated. But uh, are you still mad about anything, Speedy? Anything still got you <laughs> mad? <laughs> well, I mean, the talk of the town is people being upset over uh, Barbie nominations. Yeah, you're oh. in Hollywood. What's it like? What are they yeah. saying in the streets of La La Land? <laughs> people, they're, they're flipping over cars. Oh, going, my God. Oh, my God. It's a dangerous oh place to be here. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> what do you think? What do I think? Are you, you still know, hung up on anything? I didn't ask for the talk of the town. I want to know what you think. That's so funny. Well, you know, what I think is that I think it is very ironic, talking about the Barbie situation, you mm-hmm. know, with the movie that it is, um, that that's how the nominations would go. Um, but on the other hand, there were lots of other really great films this year. And it also makes sense that you know, that the nominations would go that way. It also sort of proves to me that I guess it really is a voting system, and it's not that the elite gathered in a room and decided what the nominations should be. Because I think if they did gather in a room, then uh, Margot Robbie would have been nominated, for example. Because, like, oh, how could you nominate Ryan but not her? They would have done that for appearances. So, I don't know. In a weird sort of way, it gave me more more faith in the voting system. Um, I don't know. You're squinting your eyes at me as I say this, so I'm curious what your thoughts are. <laughs> no, you got me thinking. You got me thinking. Mm. Because, you know, Annette Benning got nominated instead of Margot Robbie, some would say, for playing that lady in Nyad who uh, <laughs> goes for a big dip. So how many of the voters are swimmers? <laughs> Why aren't we talking about the penetration of the swimming community into our Oscar voting system? Why aren't we talking about that? Why is no one talking about this? A journalist was born. <laughs> I've got to dive. Pun intended. I've got to dive into this. <laughs> Big Swim is out to play. <laughs> They're making Michael a Felt big splash in Hollywood. Yeah, a big splash. Stealing Oscar nominations from the most important and most famous movie of the year. <laughs> yeah, I would say I was pretty upset at first because I thought Margot Robbie had like the defining performance of the year. And this is what we'll remember about this year is Barbie. And then I That's remember true. that she has a billion dollars probably from producing it and was nominated <laughs> for an Oscar and has been nominated before and probably will be again. And then I I felt less mad. I felt a little a little less mad because you know who I'm most mad about? Can you guess who I'm most mad that didn't get nominated? Many movies this year? You and I have texted about this movie. Not about him. That's a hint. Um, but I know we both watched this movie. Ooh, because I know, oh, gosh, what did we text about? Because I was excited to tell you, ooh, I saw a movie, Danny. I'm hip with the times. You, oh, my what? gosh. You was, were... it, was, it, was it Poor Things? No. No, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I haven't seen it. Okay. 
Mm. Okay, I'm going to play the chorus of the song for you on my guitar. Okay. <laughs> I'll just keep doing that. And then you'll know. This is just an insight. This is how you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay, you know what? No, I'll play the... Okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Out comes the banjo. This is, no, this is a guitar this time. Oh, it's a guitar. It's instrumentalist. <gasps> I'm not a multi-instrumentalist. I'm not good enough at any of these. I'm a multi-can-play-chords-intalist. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Wait, this is the... Wait, it goes like this. Oh, here we go. Okay, now I've got it. This is a great campfire. <laughs> I'm up on the tight wire. <gasps> one side's ice and one is fire. Okay, Excellent. To fill in the blinks for the people at home, he is singing Tight Rope by Leon Russell, which was performed yes. in the movie May, December. Yes. Uh, and yes. who was snubbed? Oh my goodness. Was I should know this. Was Julianne Moore snubbed? Well, yes, she was. But I'm referring to Charles Melton. Oh, who should have been so nominated good. and won Best Supporting Actor. I think he should have won, <laughs> let alone just be nominated. And I love Robert Downey Jr., but come on! Oh, yeah, but come on. He, yeah, he was the highlight of the movie for me, I would say. He stole the movie. You have two Oscar winning actors in it, and he stole it. I mean, it was just. Yeah, yeah I just. I'm very upset he didn't get nominated. And it's not like I watched Riverdale. I just thought right, he stole I've never the whole movie. It. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm still upset about that. But <sighs> hopefully he turned <sighs> enough heads that he'll get some better roles from it. You know? I hope so. We can root for Charles on this podcast. Keep going, Charles. We're a Charles, Charles Melton podcast. Yes. Charles I didn't think it would be as... Melton John Segway. Oh, Segway. You want to? Yeah, we we haven't been on in a while, and we didn't get to talk about it a couple weeks ago. Elton John completed his EGOT because he he got an Emmy for his Dodger Stadium special for his farewell tour. Um, first off, before we get to who still needs like one thing to get the EGOT, um, I had this debate on air. Be- I, I was told I was wrong. Because uh, he didn't go to the Emmys. He released a statement. <laughs> but don't you think there's a chance that Elton John doesn't know he got an EGOT? Does he really <laughs> care about this stuff? He didn't go. He released like a statement. Do you think he had any idea he was going for an EGOT? That's so funny. I, I love the idea that he wouldn't know. So I'll say yes. That's hysterical. He's just been doing this for so long. He's not thinking about it. He, he doesn't care? care. He's Sir Elton John. He's like maybe the most successful solo artist ever. Yeah. And he's like, why should he care about an Emmy Award? That's true. Wait, what is that really doing for him? Well, yeah. Is it going to finally get him a Kennedy, which he already got like 30 years ago? <laughs> Yeah. Is it going to make him any more famous than he already is? Give him any more opportunities than he already has? No. Yeah. I just don't see... And first of all, why, would, why should Elton John want to belong to a list with other people? <laughs> he's a one-of-one one talent. He wants to do things only he's done. I just can't imagine he was sitting at home being like, I just need that damn Emmy. If just... <laughs> who, who hosted the Emmys? No. Oh, no, it was Anthony Anderson. Because it's not on CBS anymore. It's on. It was on ABC this year. No, it was on Fox. It was on Fox this year. 
Anthony, uh, yeah. Conflict um, of interest. <laughs> I can't watch Fox, you see. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, <laughs> no. Um, like, I just can't imagine Elton John in his Atlanta mansion or wherever he, if he was in England, but being like, my farewell tour was a complete failure if I don't get a little TV trophy. <laughs> just, I don't know. But, I'm, I mean, we think it's cool because we want the people that we stan Whoa. to get that prestigious thing that's getting more and more... Uh, not prestigious because everybody's you know so many people are joining it but it's still really cool so anyway oh let me ask you this do you as an you you and i are both huge elton john fans scale of one to ten what is your excitement level for elton john joining the egot list hmm i would say i'm gonna give it a healthy nine danny oh Oh my God! Okay, we really differ on this. Oh, oh, oh my God! Tell me off. <laughs> I'm excited just because uh, it makes a lot of sense. He he deserves to be in in an elite category, whether it matters to him or not, whether he knows that he's in it or not. Um, if Elton John wasn't in EGOT, then what are we doing as a people? So I'm 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 excited. I'm excited about it. Tell me why you're not excited, Danny. <laughs> um, <laughs> or less excited. <laughs> okay. I feel this is, and again, I'm talking like five feet from my Elton John farewell tour poster. I feel that when people get EGOTs and like the, the fourth trophy is like, uh, you know, a concert movie or something they clearly like did so they could mm. get an EGOT, I'm just like, all right. I mean, you did it, you know. <laughs> you, you did it. You're an EGOT winner, you know. Like, all right, you know, you, you did it, you know. Uh, but, it, you know, uh, why don't you just make a TV show, you know. Like, make an Elton John miniseries. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I, I, I it's cooler to me when they actually uh, tried. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. But here are the people who need one. And they're one award away. Um... Al Pacino just needs a Grammy. Al Pacino has a Tony? I guess so. He's been around. He's a New Yorker. Wow. Okay. He just needs a Grammy. So, he should... just needs a Grammy. If you release, like, a spoken word album... That's all you have to do. Just read a book. <laughs> That's literally all. all you have to do is narrate something and you can get an Emmy. Or, or a Grammy. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, he's got it in the bag, then. Right, but what if he... Here's what I want Al Pacino to do. I want you to take a page out of William Shatner's book <laughs> and just release an album where you talk, sing the whole time in your beautiful Al Pacino voice. Oh, my gosh. I actually would die and go to heaven. If there was... <laughs> we, we wouldn't be there to see it if he did it. Like, yeah. And I think it's going to be, be a long, long, long time. time. <laughs> Touchdown. <laughs> Bring the round. Hoo-ah! <laughs> We have played that on this podcast. We have played William Shatner singing Rocket Man on this podcast. It's like one of our very first episodes, but we did it. Oh, gosh. It's, it never We're gets Rocket old. Rocket Man. Rocket Man. Um, ooh, this one you're going to like. Yeah, yeah. Because my favorite award show of the year we didn't talk about. So this is a segue into the very quickly mentioning it, which we should have. It was during the holidays, so we didn't get to talk about it. But um, Cynthia Erivo who will be in Wicked soon, 
in the movies uh, needs an Oscar. Oh. And Speedy, I sent you Cynthia Erivo covering Alfie at the Kennedy Center Awards, the honors, when they did uh, Dionne Warwick. And it was breathtaking. To anyone who has not seen this performance, I could not recommend highly enough. Oh, my God. I know. Wow. She, not only is she killing the song, like, in a way I've never heard it, but she's smiling while she does it. Like, she's smiling and belting notes. And I was like, if I tried to yell it out loud, I'd be wheezing. (laughs) And again, you just heard me do it with both. Sweat pouring down your <sighs> Your bow tie pops. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but like literally, she comes out, and as soon as she's just like Alfie, I was like, there were like doves in my apartment. They just appeared in my apartment. I was like, how did she do that? She's so magical. Is she in Wicked already? <laughs> it was just, um, I've never heard an angel quite like that. Because every year at the Kennedys, which is my favorite awards of the year. They get people who aren't as good, or I shouldn't say it. They get people to honor the legend being honored, but they're not as good as the original person. But in this case, you Cynthia Erivo might be the most talented person on earth, so she did a pretty dang good job. Yeah. In fact. So I hope she gets an Oscar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I hope she gets Sorry. an Oscar. What were we going to say? Sorry. Oh, I, I was just going to say that when she sings, the person that she's honoring actually accidentally becomes less honored because she is just so fantastic. She's How dare you, Cynthia? <laughs> Be less good, please. You know what I'm realizing? We wouldn't have had time, but I wanted to do a separate topic about all these biopics that have been announced. I think Dionne Warwick's getting one, and I think, mm. I think Nat King Cole is getting one. Mm. Somebody's starring and directing it it might have been coleman domingo who just nominated i could be wrong and then michael jackson's getting one so we, i wanted to do like a because i'm very over biopics <laughs> but every time i'm I'm out on biopics i'm like enough biopics or music biopics they're all the same then they're like we're gonna make a Nat king cole one and i'm like damn it you got me again i'm gonna watch <laughs> that damn it <laughs> <laughs> ah See, that's so funny. That's how I feel, too, because, you know, admittedly, I never even saw Bohemian Rhapsody, otherwise known as Galileo, because I just knew I'd be over it. But then you see Nat King Cole, you see uh, Dan Warwick. I'm there. Yeah. I'll be at the I theater. Know. Like, I'm going to watch that. I have to see that. Yeah. Uncle Jackson, I got mixed feelings about. I, I yeah. got to see how, how much they really cover his legacy uh, yes. and the things we have learned. Um. But Nat King Cole and like his career as a jazz pianist before he ever uh, became a singer. I'm gonna eat that up. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> Are you kidding me? Wow! And people around the world will learn that he's not just the Christmas man. Oh, no, I can't no. wait. Smile if your heart <laughs> is breaking. Ah, <gasps> yeah. Uh, hey, uh, Julie, okay, this, here we go, everybody, this is the moment, this is it. Yeah. And keep in mind, you've heard me talk about, uh, the, uh, I'm ruining my, my momentum here. 
You've heard me talk about being the Ricardos before, but this is going to be the angriest you've ever heard me. Uh-oh. Are you I'm holding ready? on to my floor. In order to complete her EGOT, Julie Andrews needs a Tony. What? What? Are you kidding me? What are we doing? What are we doing as a society? Somebody give theirs up. Hey, Lin-Manuel Miranda, you have 40. Give one up. Yeah. How? Wait. Now I'm trying to do the math on this. How did she? Right? No. What are we doing? Here we go. Okay. Julie Andrews, Tony nominations. She's got three. Thank you. Yes, I know they're all for lead actress. Thank you. Um, because <laughs> she won an Oscar for Mary Poppins. Now let's do the Tonys. She's been nominated for My Fair Lady, Camelot, and Victor Victoria, and fifty-seven, sixty-one, and ninety-six, and didn't win. Wow. Ninety-six should have been like the here's your wink, wink Oscar because you're an all-time great. Who did she lose to? Let's see. Huh? Yeah. She lost to somebody named Donna Murphy from The King and I. Well, you know what? She's won twice, so you should have given one to Julie Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? What are it's we nuts. doing? Donna Murphy is not a household name like Julie Andrews is. I mean, this Mm-mm. is this is sick. Uh, but Donna Murphy, if, if you want to come on the podcast, we would love to have you. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, also, um, Dick Van Dyke needs an Oscar. Just give him one. James Earl Jones gives, needs an Oscar. Dick Van Dyke uh, doesn't have an Oscar. Yeah, what do we? What, well, it's probably because in Mary Poppins he does like the worst British accent of all time, but he's still the greatest <laughs> man true. of all time. Wow, but he yeah, but he's the greatest man of all time, and he did the greatest job of having the entire world overlook how clearly terrible his accent was. You have to be so good for people not to, I don't know, flay you for that. He's just the best. He is the best. Um, also, Cher needs a Tony, which seems like the easiest one, because all she has to do is like, produce a musical about her life, because everyone's yeah. getting a, a Broadway show, including Michael Jackson and uh, Neil Diamond. So like, how hard would it be? Like, Cher's story would be incredible. Like, yeah. You know, with her uh, former husband, then going solo, former husband passes away, she has a big comeback with, do you believe in love after love? Also, Moonstruck. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come uh, on. What are we doing? Well, couldn't she just produce a, a stage production of Mamma Mia or something? Oh, yeah. She was in the second one of that. Yeah. There's so many options for Cher. She's going to do it. I don't have any yeah. fear about this. Martin Scorsese needs a Tony as well. Do you think he'll do like a four-hour <laughs> mob move mob play like a mob like goodfellas the musical and make it like four hours that would be incredible actually you know in the way where you felt that elton john's egot was a little bit like eh, i'm just gonna make this so i can get the egot if there was goodfellas the musical he would have earned that egot <laughs> the people would cheer my word He's a New York guy. Like, we got to give him a Tony. You know, it should be a New York gift. Give him a Tony. Yeah, it's his turf. Hey, Speedy. Hi, Danny. Do you think Martin Scorsese's nice? (laughs) I sure hope so, Danny. 
I sure hope so. 